6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. We're up with Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, wonderful jazz that we've been hearing all afternoon. And I'm Jim Dwyer on this lovely Labor Day early evening. Yeah, perfect weather. Man, do I feel like an American today. (laughs) I had a hot dog, potato salad, and listened to baseball. Haven't had that beer yet, but... uh, after now, if, only, if only I can find a Chevrolet to get me home. <laughs> One of them big muscle cars. That's America for you. But, uh, yeah, working working class celebration and all that. Uh, kind of an interesting collection of articles in today's business section of the New York Times about the status of working people here in America. I'm not really going to refer to it, but interesting to note that... Uh, State and local governments are having problems. Uh, of course, the aging of America is creating uh, health care issues, home health care issues, and how uh, this is disproportionately uh, put on to women who have to frequently uh, withdraw from the workforce and that sort of thing. And I think that these kinds of stories actually illustrate what America's real problems are. <laughs> Donald Trump has a lot of uh, imaginary problems. Well, you know, and, and it's not that these are problems that are impossible to fix. Uh, there's, you know, should be a way to figure out a system whereby people get paid to take care of other people. Yeah. You know, there's a number of ways in which such a thing can and could be structured. Uh, and I'm not talking about, like, the government-controlled thing. It's just setting up a system whereby... Uh, an industry can develop to, you know, a lot of uh, coverage lately about uh, elder care issues, especially when dementia is a factor. Um, and, you know, one of the this is the only hurricane related thing I will uh, mention in the program because that sucker has slowed right down to a creepy crawl. Uh, but there's a lot of lost wages in a storm crisis. You've got sure. closures, evacuations. Obviously, for business owners, it's the last big holiday weekend. You've lost that. But for the people who are, you know, paycheck to paycheck, and the storm might not even hit you, but the preparations have to be, you know, made. Uh, Businesses have to be closed, secured, homes left. Uh, You got to pay for your hotel if you've had to evacuate, if you don't have relatives to stay with. There are huge economic costs that individuals bear, working people will bear as a result of these storms. Ever more frequent, ever more strong. Uh, it's well, and of course, one of the problems with the hyperbole of the media and these hurricanes is they're so focused on the eye of the hurricane, the wind, you know, the the center of that storm. That they what they're really forgetting is it's the water, it's the flooding, it's the um, you know the bands of the hurricane that really create the problems uh, for humans because, uh, let's face it, many, many houses can't take much water, particularly in low-lying areas. You might remember the tsunami. I think it was December of 2005, the the, uh, earthquake in the Indian Ocean near uh, um, Indonesia. 
But that earthquake created such a storm surge that the water went in six miles in low-lying areas. And this tsunami, which, of course, is a real natural disaster, not a hurricane, but, uh, you know, it it ended up killing 250,000 people in in several major countries that have low-lying areas. And, of course, you know, just recently, Indonesia, of course, was hit the the worst. But it's uh, interesting that they've been reporting that Jakarta, the capital of Indonesia. In a very uh, densely populated city. 30 million people, roughly, is sinking so badly (laughs) that they're moving the capital. Uh, That's rather remarkable. But low people in low-lying areas, and this, of course, includes Florida, and we don't know where it's going to hit directly, but... Even mo- if it doesn't hit yeah, directly... it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to, because the storm surge you're talking about, the band, outer bands of the storm that are dropping, you know, inches, sometimes feet per hour of rain, um, th- that is where the heavy damage will occur. You and know? let's also remember, by the way, that the ocean uh, is is absorbing a lot of the water, I mean, the t- the temperature... The temperature increase from uh, global uh, greenhouse gases, warmer water, is actually making denser clouds. Yes, the Gulf of Mexico is much warmer than it used to be, uh, and this is how these storms are picking up extra moisture as they flow on their um, their path. That, of course, can be unpredictable. Uh, computer models only work so well, but quite clearly, parts of Florida are going to get heavy flooding, period. It doesn't matter where that eye hits. Uh, Yes, it may go parallel to the coast. We don't really know. Um, But, uh, you know, this is just one more, uh, I don't know, palpable example. You'll remember, of course, that the Houston um, hurricane two years ago that caused $150 billion of damage Mm -hmm. was essentially a spinner that was kind of going along the Texas coast. And of course, if you wonder why there are so many mythological stories about the Bermuda Triangle, uh, look it up. (laughs) It's in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, You know, 250 years ago, the sea looked calm that day. (laughs) They had no idea that a tropical storm was headed in their direction and would literally blast their boat out of the water or an airplane for instance so even the the kind of the conspiracy theories about the bermuda triangle and some magical uh creature down there uh, the lost city of atlantis and all that <laughs> it's it's uh, really science folks science um well one of the uh, terms uh that scientists use to discuss the potential path and the probability of landfall in hurricanes uh, strikes me as something that has broader applications than simply meteorological ones, and that is the cone of uncertainty. The cone of uncertainty. And that's that sort of expanding thing that like, it could go here, could go there. It sort of gets wider as it gets further away. And it occurs to me that cone of uncertainty may be yet another euphemism for the current president of the United States. Well, he is. Wherever a, he goes, he is under a cone and in. He is a cone of uncertainty. Well, uncertainty in terms of his uh, <clears throat> utterances and in terms of his 
conduct, his insults, the whole thing. It's uh, really become quite boring. Indeed. Uh, the British have Boris Johnson. We have bore us Trump, B-O-R-E-U-S. <laughs> he's, uh, he's stale. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that even today uh, with the tariffs, you know, the, the, the fifth round of Chinese tariffs went into effect, apparently. And uh, Trump, uh, this is rather amazing. He claims uh, in recent statements, he noted that American companies were leaving China in response to his tariffs, a development that put the United States in a, quote, incredible negotiating position. Uh, any businesses that complained about financial pain from the tariffs were ignoring the obvious culprit for their troubles, he said. A lot of badly run companies are trying to blame tariffs he told reporters before heading to Camp David over the weekend. Quote, in other words, they're run badly and they're having a quarter or they just had some unlucky in some other ways. It's just not tariffs. It's called bad management. I'm like... That's barely a cohesive statement, but... Bad management. Yes, that's... Also, it's wildly inaccurate. Yeah, That's Donald Typical. Trump for you. I mean, these, uh, of course, uh, you know, it's interesting that soybeans, which is a $40 billion industry in the United States... Uh, Including here in Michigan. And, you know, in, in many places, our soybean farmers are now looking at their second year of uncertainty, uh, except that there is one certainty... And that's that China now has a 33% tariff on American soybeans compared to 3% from those coming from Brazil or Argentina. So we've talked about the impact of tariffs. You know, you people can either pay the piper, you can switch to another commodity in some cases, or an alternative uh, product, another company, whatever, or you can simply do without. And... I don't think Trump understands this. He keeps arguing that the tariffs are a negotiating position. Well, I don't know what, you know, he's negotiating with John Bolton, I think. <laughs> That's a pretty picture to imagine. Um, you know, blaming the Chinese for all these problems is silly. This uh, report, by the way, in today's New York Times notes, by the way, that... Uh, this year, uh, American imports from China fell 12% in the first half of the year, while exports to China dropped 19%. So the, the notion that we're winning a trade war with China is nonsense, uh, pure nonsense. Um, I firmly believe, because I've read quite a lot of uh, modern Chinese history about the PRC, by the way, their, four, their 70th anniversary is coming up on October 1st. And the ideas of Mao Zedong um, are really important in understanding how uh, Xi Jinping thinks, what they're doing. China is not going to be pushed around by the United States. And while the United States can do frivolous and mean and vicious economic warfare against the people of Cuba— for instance, the embargo, uh, something that Obama uh, tried to ease up on. Donald Trump is even 
trying to interfere in the uh, transfer of baseball players from Cuba. Um, and he's restoring this failed policy of America. The rest of the world has been trading with Cuba, even when Castro was in power. I hear it's a lovely place to visit. Yes. <laughs> and, of course— Wouldn't you like to go? They get hurricanes, too. Right, right. And uh, seem to sometimes, ironically, be better prepared to evacuate people than uh, the United States. Um, so, you know, just one other example of how what's really going on, you know, Trump and this whole—we were talking about Trump as a conehead. I think sometimes he's actually the bishop. He was— too late. He was too late. And he's kind of come into this China thing, I think, too late. Here's an example. Uh, interesting article earlier this year, Cambodia, a country for rent, in the New York Review of Books by Richard Bernstein. just wanted to read this paragraph because I think it is illustrative of what's really been going on over the last decades. A detailed report commissioned by the State Department last year, that would have been 2018, concluded that China's financial diplomacy amounted to $9.1 billion in aid and investment in Cambodia between uh, 2000 and 2016. Another $3 billion has been added since. China has built eight Cambodia-China friendship bridges across the Mekong River plus more than 1,200 miles of new roads. He, The writer then goes into the details of current Chinese investment in Cambodia, and then it notes, no doubt China's aid and investment have helped Cambodia's rapidly growing economy, which has undergone an annual 7% growth between 1995 and 2017. Cambodia is no longer the devastated, death-stricken wasteland created by American bombing and the Khmer Rouge rule. Phnom Penh is now Thank you, like, Henry Kissinger. Yes, indeedy. And, you know, Nixon's secret war. Like other Southeast Asian capitals, a buzzing city choked with traffic and crowded with tourists, restaurants, etc., nightclubs. Across the country, more than 800,000 workers are now employed in the clothing and footwear manufacturing industry. The point being that China has already moved a lot of these jobs mm-hmm. uh, to South, to Cambodia, to Vietnam, to Indonesia, to Bangladesh, or whatever. Uh, they've anticipated this tariff uh, situation uh, quite effectively. And this is part of the one belt, one road concept Twelve bridges, you say? Twelve bridges. And we can't even get a second bridge here in Michigan to Canada. That is, by the way, the most heavily trafficked border crossing here in North America from Detroit to Windsor. And that was a bold uh, initiative that uh, former Governor Jennifer Granholm (laughs) promoted. There has been one approved. Over a decade ago. Yeah, but it's... Where is the process? You know, they even they already announced they were going to name it after Gordie Howe. Let's see the bridge. What the hell? Right. Forget the wall. Build the bridge. Yeah. And of course, what what, what we learned from the process of this uh, 
obstructionism by the Republicans in the state legislature was that they were taking campaign donations from Maddie Maroon. The guy who owns the Ambassador Bridge. Like, why is that even possible for an individual to own an international crossing? Yeah. That makes no sense. That, of course, was the concept of building another one. But it was also the inefficiency as somebody that's crossed the bridge half a dozen to a dozen times. You're always amazed at how many trucks are waiting, waiting in line, burning diesel fuel. Um, And this, by the way, used to be a kind of a open border. Literally, you Mm -hmm. could just they would ask you, are you, you an American citizen? Or they'd ask you your citizenship. They'd let you in the. Into Windsor, if you wanted to go uh, eat uh, food in one of their neighborhoods or go gambling, whatever. Um, it was easy. Then they have 9 11 and they have all these silly restrictions and new uh, impediments to uh, the free flow of commerce and whatnot between Canada and the United States. And of course, Canada continues to be one of our largest uh, trading partners. Uh, contrary to uh, what Donald Trump thinks and believes. For instance, recently he was in Great Britain, met the Queen and all that, Uh, and there were protests. Trump, of course, uh, sort of denied that there were protests. Where are the protests? I don't see any protests. I didn't see a small protest today. I did see a small protest when I came. Very small. So a lot of it is fake news. That was his claim about the protests when he was in a news conference. It was so small they looked like ants. Of course. It was really... He forgot about the the baby Trump balloon. And I'd like course, to think that haunts him when he closes his eyes, the image of that. Uh, the protests were smaller than the year before, which were estimated at 75,000. But in fact, there were sizable protests at Buckingham Palace, Parliament Square. Well, I think now et cetera. The, the, the British have shown perhaps they were saving their protest vigor for Boris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pretty sizable street protest there, and I suspect we've not seen the last of those. Yeah, well, it's and going to get weird. That's another another story in the continuing saga of Brexit. Charles the First, anyone seems to be a <laughs> angry uh, mobs, endless uh, debate. But here's Trump at a business roundtable. Tra- they always talk about Trump. He's a great businessman. He's going to make America great because he's a businessman. He told the Business Roundtable in London, we are your largest partner. You are our largest partner. The fact check by Linda Q. False. When it comes to international trade, the United States' top partners so far this year are Mexico, Canada, and China. With total trade amounting to $150 billion, $146 billion, and $132 billion. Britain ranked seventh at $33 billion. That's where they always rank. They're below South Korea, by the way. So the idea that Boris and Trump are going to come up with some trade deal to solve the economic consequences of Brexit for Great Britain strike me as uh, silly. You know, may as well go visit the the Minister of Silly Walks for that one. Uh, 
But that's Donald Trump. He's just factually not on the ball. Untethered to factual reality. And uh, he's, I don't know, it's almost been refreshing that he's been on vacation these many uh, weeks now. Funny that he canceled the trip to Poland. Ostensibly because of the storm. Yeah, wanted to monitor the storm. Uh, didn't want to be seen to be out of the country. Well, Mike Pence got a trip to Poland out of the deal. And a Poland apparently had made unbelievable preparations, and their authoritarian leader uh, is a little disappointed. Quasi-authoritarian. Well, Pence will fit right in there. There's an increasing climate of hostility towards uh, homosexuals in Poland. Uh, hate crimes, open persecution. Uh, so Pence will feel right at home there, sadly. Yes. Um, that's kind of up his alley. And, uh, you know, Poland has, by the way, been a beneficiary of, of uh, being in the EU um, because trade is freer. It's it's just that simple. And how Britain is going to benefit from Brexit, I'm a little unclear. Um, of course, it was amusing to to hear Trump after threatening to impose 100% tariffs on French wine. Like tariffs you've never seen before, he said. <laughs> then he goes over to the G7 and I guess he discovered that Melania likes French wine. Said the first lady really likes French wine. So yeah, he I'll... never knew that about his wife until he came out with the crazy, stupid comment. Oh, don't do that. I like French wine. Oh, well, okay then. Yeah. Whatever. Never mind. Forget it. Wait a minute. That's that, That'll cost me money. <laughs> uh, let's cancel that idea. <clears throat> so, you know, that's, that's the Trumpster for you. Uh, walking things back. It's a specialty. Uh... It's uh, never ceases, never well, ceases of course, to amaze he, me. He isn't really a proper businessman. He never was the self-made man he claimed to be. Uh, I s hope and even pray that perhaps someday we will fully understand the full extent to which fraud uh, has been the basis for his, uh, you know, surfate success. But uh, clearly, this is really just a guy who is not a, an actual businessman, but who has played one on TV. Well, that's important in understanding his rise as a, a national pseudo-celebrity. Yeah. Um, I never saw his show once. I certainly saw advertisements for it when I uh, dared to watch football on Sunday afternoons. That but, was stupid and painful enough. Just but, that show. I, I knew enough about Trump to know. Danger, danger, <laughs> Mr. Smith. Of course, Trump's problems uh, continue. Uh, earlier this month, state prosecutors in Manhattan, this is from the uh, 2nd of August, subpoenaed President Trump's family business records, reviving an investigation into the com company's role into hush money payments made during the 2016 presidential campaign. Uh, of course, Michael Cohen uh, submitted documents when he testified before the House Oversight Committee, a committee, by the way, that AOC is on. 
So she, of course, has been this sort of perpetual target of the far right. How bizarre over the weekend to, to hear Donald Trump attacking Fox News. Well, that's the sign of... <laughs> They're not on our side anymore. ...of a wounded beast who's like even biting the hand of his friend. You know, ah, oh crap, I'm in a real corner now. That, that's, I think that's a good sign. Well, notwithstanding the commentary of Brett Hume and uh, I think it was Neil Cavuto, you know, bully for them that they actually... Well, that Sam Shepard guy, too, has sort of been off the Kool-Aid for a, a little bit now. Yeah. And they're pretty much trying to maintain their professional reputations. They're saying, look, we don't work for you, Mr. President. They both said something to that effect. And that, of course, is is why you're, you're almost puzzled that he would even go down that route. Uh, when Fox News, of course, does provide plenty of fake news for him, Trump apparently was upset that they published a poll showing that he wasn't that popular. <laughs> well, Gee. you know, you ask 100 people, they're going to tell you what they think. What's surprising about that? Uh, was that the poll that showed him losing to any number of five yeah. potential different Democratic right. nominees? <laughs> that can't be a happy poll for the Trumpster. No. And, of course, uh, we know, uh, alas, that uh, the presidential election will come down to the Electoral College uh, with unpredictable results. Obviously, several states are going to be razor thin close. It is weird to see that people in Howell, Michigan, are <laughs> asking their you know, representative in Congress to come on board the impeachment wagon. Yeah. Howell, Michigan. That That's another encouraging sign. Well, right. And, of course, Howell has a uh, notorious reputation for a variety of reasons. But when I saw that <laughs> gathering of people, I kind of wondered if it was the uh, the Unitarian Bingo Club. <laughs> Again, that's... But, but who these knows? These don't look like people who would be asking for impeachment, so bully for them as well. Yeah. You know, that might be the uh, fish fry... Um, and of course, the representative in question, Miss Slotkin, is uh, you know she she basically stole a seat mm -hmm. from Donald Trump's victory. What did he call it? A total victory. <laughs> the midterms, right? The midterms. You know, the day after the president in power suffered the worst um, congressional house losses, and since Harry Truman. Trump uh, called the election a total victory. <laughs> Remarkable. Um, by the way, just uh, one little minor thing from last week. I mentioned that uh, Hong Kong has a uh, area of 31 square miles. I read that in the in the um, World Almanac and said that it was roughly the size of Ann Arbor. Well, lo and behold, the city guide of Ann Arbor published by the Ann Arbor Observer, a very reliable source down here for WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and all the interesting events that occur in Ann Arbor, cultural, musical, artistic, linguistic, intellectual, etc., has a joke about Ann Arbor that Ann Arbor is 25 square miles surrounded by reality. <laughs> That's in the real estate section. So... 
Well, you know, for those that's, of us that's who are... That's approximate, you know, and I'm, I'm calling Wagner Road the, the west side uh, border and Earhart and Plymouth, you know, or the Domino's Farms, the east side border. So Ann Arbor's mailing address is about the size of Hong Kong. Yeah. And on behalf a of the... A uh, minor technical point. On behalf of the uh, Keep Ann Arbor Weird contingent... I'm going to argue a little bit with the the reality thing because yeah. reality is, of course, a state of mind. Sure. How much are you aware of? So I think the extent to which portions of this state, sections of the whole country, uh, consider themselves to be fully informed when the range of information and cultural activities uh, you mentioned we are, uh, you know, exposed to. A wide variety of here. We're the reality. We're the reality. Yes. We are more, uh, we're trying anyway, you know, to be more aware. Nobody has full mastery of, of any bank of knowledge. But admitting that you can't ever do that is the first step towards becoming wise, as, you know, uh, Socrates himself said. So uh, the the thirst for knowledge, for, for understanding and exploring things that are different, that's reality. And people who uh, blissfully uh, blunder down the cardboard tube of uh, self-imposed ignorance, if that's reality, it's its a pretty sad one. Well, indeed. And, of course, uh, I think that Ann Arbor can be proud of the fact that in 2004, every single precinct in Ann Arbor voted for John Kerry, not George W. Bush. Uh, we, of course, have had some... Some news lately that the uh, Afghan war may be winding down, that there have been negotiations that uh, may lead to a phased withdrawal. Uh, that's one policy that I agree with. But the negotiating tactics of the Trump administration in omitting the Afghan government from the actual negotiations strikes me as very flawed. And just a couple of weeks ago, by the way, there was an absolutely horrific uh, bombing of a wedding. Oh, a large wedding party. It was and a large gathering. Too. This was a Shiite wedding gathering, uh, and <clears throat> the Taliban denied responsibility for the event, but I noticed that ISIL took credit for it, which is probably what happened. Uh, they, are, of course, have always been trying to rev up the uh, Sunni-Shiite uh, conflict in various countries. So Donald Trump's claim earlier this year that ISIL is exterminated or whatever he said is pretty ludicrous. Uh, they scattered around, and of course Afghanistan is a absolutely terrible situation. Uh, that the United States never, ever should have gone into. That um, We've really been in Afghanistan for 40 years. Yes, we sort of closed down shop in 89 a little bit and allowed a real civil war to, to unfold. But we need to think of Afghanistan.